0: Um, I'd like at this time, uh, Pastor Yumiko introduced that uh, Pastor Linda is going to be sharing from the word today, and just so you know, she's my mom. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's been really lovely this week having my parents visit from the Philippines, and they'll be here for a couple more days, Uh, so I just want to invite her up as she shares from a rather unlikely story about some unlikely people, and um, invite you to hear God's word through her. So come on up, Mom. We're happy to have you. Well, good morning to all of you, and it is a real joy to be here, um, to be able to to share the word of God with you, but also to be able to see my family here, which is very, very uh, wonderful, something we don't get to do often. Well, today, I want to share with you something that I feel the Lord's put on my heart. I hope it will be a blessing uh, and an encouragement to each of you, and it's about faith's other heroes. Now, this morning, I was doing a, 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 a. Oh, I'm I'm doing something wrong with the microphone, right? Yeah, is that on? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hallelujah. I'm a little bit old fashioned, like very, very. And so this is better for me. The only problem with a handheld mic is that if I'm nervous, you see my hand shaking. And number two, I come from an Italian background. And so now I can only use one hand. And, and so I feel like somebody has, has gagged me. But anyway, you know, it does sometimes take longer to to do something than what you were expecting, and then yet at the end you have to rush to get it done. But, you know, it seems like that's what happened to the writer of the book of Hebrews. Because after writing in detail about the exploits of faith of Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and others, it seems like the writer ran out of time because he said... Look, I can go on and on and on, but there's so many more, but I have run out of time. And then he quickly mentions by name other heroes of faith. And in that list of heroes of faith, there are three that I've often wondered how in the world did they get on that list? And specifically, they are... Barak, Jephthah, and Samson, and there's no details given in the book of Hebrews of why they are listed in Faith's Hall of Fame. So I want to just look with you for a few minutes. Whoopsie, I, I should have looked at my watch. Okay, I don't know, whatever. Um, when I'm done, just tell me, okay? And then I'll, I'll be like, you know, okay. All right, Barak's story um, is found in Judges chapter 4. And in that time in history, the Israelites were being harshly oppressed by their enemies, by the Canaanites, for 20 years. And then the prophetess Deborah arose as the leader, the deliverer in, um, in Israel. And, and she sent for the army commander, Barak, And she gave him the word of the Lord. She told him, you're to take 10,000 soldiers and you're to go out to battle against King Jabin's army, and God will give the victory. But Barak's response is something that has always surprised me. It's not what I was expecting. And after reading his response, it makes me wonder how in the world did he get into faith's hall of fame as a hero of faith? And in Judges chapter four, verse eight, Barak replied to him, to her, her, Deborah, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I'm not going to go. Did you hear that? If you will come with me, I'll go. But if you don't come with me, I'm not going to go. Now, he was the army commander. He was a mighty man, I suppose, a man of real courage. And, and God promised the victory. You will have victory over your enemies, he said. And yet, Barak refuses to go to battle unless a woman comes with him. Now, what kind of self-respecting man does that? And then winds up as one of the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Well, do you see that shaking? Yeah. I'm not even nervous. You should see me when I'm nervous. Okay. In the Philippines, we have a world-famous boxer, Mani Pacquiao. Some of you have heard of him. And he has won almost every boxing match, almost, um, not quite all. There was one time where he was knocked out flat cold. And if you were listening at that time, you would have heard a gasp come from the neighboring island of the Philippines. Oh, our hero is down. Well, he's strong. He's fearless. And yet it would be like Monty Pacquiao, a world-famous boxer, saying, I'm not going to go into the boxing ring to face my opponent unless my mama comes with me. And we would think, that's really strange. Why would he do that? Barak said to Deborah, I won't go unless you go with me. Well, Deborah said, okay, very well. I'll go with you, but because of the way you're handling this, the victory and the honor is not going to go to you. It's going to go to a woman, and Barak said, okay, okay, I'm good with that. Go ahead. That's fine. What's this all about? And he winds up in Faith's Hall of Fame. How did he get there? Well, others are not mentioned. Well... I'm going to toss out a possibility to you this morning, and that is that Barak was not concerned about his own reputation. Barak was not concerned about how people thought of him. He was simply concerned that God would get the victory and the people of Israel would get, God would get the glory and the people of Israel would get the victory it didn't matter to barrack if the victory came through him or if the victory came through someone else it didn't matter to barrack if he received the honor or not let somebody else get the honor let somebody else get the credit let somebody else get the praise as long as god gets the glory and the people of god get the victory over their enemies. There's an, a king in the Bible, King Saul, I'm sure you're many of you are familiar with him. He was the opposite. In First Samuel, Saul said to um, the book of First Samuel, Saul said to the prophet Samuel, "Please honor me before the people. Honor me. Honor me. Whatever you do, just one more time. Honor me. Recognize me." He didn't care about honoring God. He only cared about the honor. That would come to himself. But Barak was more concerned about God's honor than his own. And his name is forever etched into faith's hall of fame as one of the heroes of faith. Now, I believe that we often want to do things that are valiant, that are good, that are helpful, that will bring glory to God. Some want to do great things for God. I want to do great things for God regardless of how small they are. But who's going to get the honor? Will it be me? Or will it be God? Will it be our reputation? That's the most important thing. Or will it be that the people of God get victory and God gets the glory? Well, Barak maybe looked foolish asking Deborah to go with him in battle, but he knew she was a prophetess. He knew she had the word of the Lord. He knew he did not have the word of the Lord, and he knew that he was going to be facing an army much bigger and stronger than his. And if they got into a bind, well, if Deborah was there, she could hear from God, and she could tell him what to do, and they would have the victory. He recognized his own limitations, and he recognized the giftings that were in another person. We need to recognize and encourage the giftings that are in each other. None of us can do everything ourselves. We need the giftings that God has placed in each other. Barak said, let someone else do what they're called to do, even if it means I will take a lesser place. Barak was fine with someone else getting the credit as long as God got the victory and the God got the glory and the people of God got the victory. He sought for the honor of God even though he might have looked weak or foolish himself and he is in faith's hall of fame. And when we are concerned, more concerned, For God's glory than our own, we are qualifying to be people of faith. There's times that the Lord might want us to do something for him. Go somewhere for him. Speak for him. He might impress us to to do something. Speak to this person. Go there. Do this. The natural thing for us is to wonder, well, what will people think about me? What will they say about me? What will my family think? What will my friends think? What about the people? What are they going to think? I don't want to look silly. Well, nobody wants to look silly. I remember a time uh, years ago, pre-COVID, when I was out with some of the ladies, and it was so wonderful because these are our ladies also in the ministry. We hardly ever get to go out together. But we had planned for... uh, Uh, going out for lunch at a a very nice mall uh, that we don't usually go to, and go to a nice restaurant. So we went together, and we had such a wonderful time. It was so beautiful. And then at the end, we left. And we were walking away. We were walking out of that restaurant. We were walking through the mall. And as clear as could be, louder than audible, I was impressed with these words. Go back. And tell that waiter who waited on us, the thing that he has been diligently praying for, I will do. And I thought, whoa, whoa, what's that all about? We kept walking. And the further we walked away from that restaurant, the louder it became. Go back and tell the waiter the thing that he has been diligently praying for, I will do here's my brother is are we all right so i stopped walking i told my friends um i'll I'll be right back they said where are you going i said i just i just uh, i'll just go back to that restaurant for a minute they said did you forget something i said no no They said, well, we'll go with you. And I said, no, 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 don't go with me, please. Don't come with me. And I figured if I'm going to fall flat on my face, I'd rather not have an audience. Right? Just stay, I'll be right back. And I went right back to that restaurant, and there was that waiter. He's just standing there. He's standing there. And I didn't have a roaring start. I walked up to him, and I said, "Um, so um, I, I was here with my friends, and you waited on us. He said, yes. I said, and um, your service was so good, and it really helped our, our luncheon be special. He said, thank you. I said, uh, so uh, you're a really good waiter. <laughs> he said, thank you. I said, because I was here with my friends, <laughs> and you, you waited on us. Uh, and I thought, this I, I could be here all day. So I finally said, listen, I want to tell you something that I, I think that is impressed on me, that I think that God wants you to hear. And I jumped right into it, tippy-toe first. I, and I said, um, the thing that you have been pray- diligently praying for, God will do and it was as though something struck that man and he stood back and he covered his face and he started crying and he said oh god thank you thank you thank you and i said god thank you (laughs) thank you thank you thank you i mean i didn't know if that man was an atheist maybe he had never prayed a prayer in the a day in his life no but god knew If we're more concerned about what people will think of us, we might not do what God asks us to do. Barak was more concerned for the glory and the honor of God, even though it was at the risk of looking silly himself. Let's be like Barak, concerned with God's glory, concerned with God's honor, and concerned that the people of God will have victory even if that honor does not go to us. Let's be like Barak. The next unlikely hero of faith is Jephthah. And his story is found in Judges chapter 11, verse 1 through 8. Now his father's name was Gilead, but he was not the son of his father's wife Ah, he was the son of another woman. He was a, His mother was a prostitute. And when Gilead's wife's sons and children were older, they were grown up, they kicked Jephthah out of the family. They said, you're not one of us. Your mother is not our mother. You don't belong here. And you're not going to be getting any of our family's inheritance because you're the son of another woman. Now, so Jephthah was rejected. He was cast out. He fled to another country. And there he remained until something happened that changed everything. Something in his brother's life happened that changed everything. All of a sudden, his brothers were faced with a battle that they could not win on their own. An enemy that was stronger than them attacked them. They were in trouble. Do you know who they called for help? Mm Mm-hmm. They turned to Jephthah. They sent messengers to Jephthah saying, come, come, fight for us. Come, rescue us. Come, help us. Come, risk your life to save us. Now, I think if it had been a text, he would have pressed delete. He would have thought this is a missent text for sure. Come, fight for us? Huh? Huh? wait a minute, weren't you the ones who hated me, who cast me out, who drove me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? Now, I don't know about you, but if it was me, I might have replied, you know, I'm about to go on vacation, (laughs) and but while I am laying on this sand at the beach drinking my lemonade, I'll be thinking about you. Let me know how the battle goes. But Jephthah didn't do that. As a matter of fact, his response was the opposite of that. And I think that this is what got him into Faith's Hall of Fame. Jephthah helped them. He had been cast out. He had been slandered. He had his reputation ruined by his brothers. And yet Jephthah, this son of another woman, didn't let that stop him from helping those who had hurt him the most. He forgave them, and then he went beyond forgiveness. Not only did he forgive them, he took the next step to help them. And it takes faith to forgive those who have hurt us. In Luke 17, verse 4, Jesus said this, If your brother sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you, saying, I repent, forgive him. Verse 5, and the apostles replied, Lord, increase our faith. It takes faith to forgive those who have mistreated you or cast you out or spoke against you or hurt you or harassed you or harmed you. It takes faith to leave the injustice in God's hands and believe that he ultimately will take care of it all. Jephthah had the kind of faith that allowed him to help those who had mistreated him. He was willing to Fight for his brothers who had drove him out of his own father's house. He fought for and rescued those who had hurt him the most. And he went beyond forgiveness. He did what Jesus mentioned later in Matthew 5, 44. Do good to those who hate you. And that, my friends, takes tremendous courage and character. And faith. When we forgive the offenses of others and when we do good to them, I believe that we are qualifying to be people, heroes of faith, unlikely heroes, other heroes, but heroes of the faith. And will you be like Jephthah, who fought for those who hurt him? Will you pray and help for anyone who has hurt you? Will you be like Joseph? who saved the lives of his brethren, who had sold him into slavery? Will you be like Jesus, who laid down his life for his enemies, those who crucified him? And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Our reaction to people who come against us or hurt us is a barometer of our faith level. You know, I'm sure that you've heard this from Pastor Rebecca, that she grew up in the Philippines and she was a little girl um, when my husband and I first went to the Philippines and, and we lived in the jungle. We were in the, on the island of Palawan for, for five years and when we lived in the jungle, I don't mean a concrete jungle. Some people are like, yeah man, I live in a jungle too. I'm like, no you don't. I, I'm talking about like trees, okay, that kind, okay. Well, we lived in a house that had so many termites in it that you could actually hear the termites eating the house. It was really creepy. Uh, we put our ears against the wall and you could hear them chewing the wooden walls. We pulled down a, a seven meter, well, I don't know how many yards that is, but it's long, okay? Like, is that like seven, maybe eight, six? seven-point-whatever-whatever-whatever-yard-long at um, beam from the house. We pulled it down, and we carried it with three fingers, a two-by-four, that long. It was so light because it had been eaten up inside. It was hollow. There's nothing inside of it. Those termites had eaten the insides of it, and they were undermining the strength of the house. But I discovered that the house was not the only thing that was being eaten up inside. It was as though there was something that was eating me up inside. And I could hear them chewing and chewing and chewing every day. They weren't termites. They were memories. We had come from a place where... We had been under a difficult person. We served under that person for a number of years. We went from there to the island of Palawan in the jungle. We were more than 8,000 miles away. But still, I remembered every hurtful thing that person had said and done to us. I remembered everything. And those thoughts were like termites eating, eating, eating away inside of me, undermining my joy, my freedom, my strength, just as the termites were undermining the strength of our house. I had held onto offenses. After one year, did you hear that? One year. It should not have been that long. Shame on me. But after one year, I said, this is ridiculous. I have got to get over this. And I prayed. I prayed. I got a hold of God. And I released it all. I released it into the the hands of God. And I was free. You know, if we hold on to offenses, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to drop dead. It only hurts ourselves. It's like poison. But I was free. And a few years later, we were able to help that person. And we did. And I tell you, it was wonderful. And if there is someone in your life like Jephthah's brothers, someone who maybe has hurt you, I want to encourage you, To let go of any bad feelings you have towards that person no matter what he or she has done to you. Be like Jephthah who did not let hurts hinder him from reaching out and helping those who were in trouble. And Jephthah's name is forever carved in Hebrews chapter 11, Faith's Hall of Fame. Because he was willing to forgive and fight for those who had rejected him. Lastly, there's Samson. Now, he would have been the first name I would have crossed off my list of recommendations for Faith's Hall of Fame. How did he get there? Aye, aye, aye. He married a Philistine in disobedience to God. He spent the night with a prostitute many times. He fell in love with another woman of terrible character, Delilah. He lost his strength because of it. He was blinded, enslaved, shackled, put in chains because of his failures. And then he ends up being listed in Faith's Hall of Fames in Hebrews chapter 11 as one of the heroes of our faith. Huh? How Did that happen? Why is Samson mentioned there? How did he get to be a hero of faith? Well, maybe it's because of a prayer that he prayed when he was blinded and enslaved and in shackles, chained. He prayed a prayer in Judges chapter 16, verse 28. There he prayed, O sovereign Lord. Remember me. Oh God, please strengthen me just once more. Samson had the faith to believe that God could forgive him and use him again for his glory. He didn't let mistakes keep him from all that God might have for him. He wouldn't let failure, for Samson it was moral failure, he did not let failure be the period at the end of the sentence of his life. He rose above that. He was knocked down. He fell down. But he got up again. And if you are knocked down, will you get back up again? If you trip and fall. I want to encourage you, be the man or woman who rises again. Will you be like Peter, who didn't let his failure of denying the Lord later keep him from the upper room? He didn't allow his failure of denial to keep him from eventually standing up on the day of Pentecost and preaching to a great crowd of people where 3,000 were then saved by Faith Samson, Took hold of the two pillars and he pushed against them. And he prayed, Oh God, remember me just one more time. I tell you, that was faith praying. And today, just as we looked at these three three individuals. I hope that we will be encouraged to, to recognize that Faith's Hall of Fame is not closed. The door has not been shut, and that it says, this is it, and there's nobody else allowed in. No, there are more unlikely heroes. There are other heroes whose names could be etched forever in Faith's Hall of Fame. Your name, my name. And some of the exploits that we do for God might be such little exploits, But they're still exploits of faith when we rise above our own natural limitations and we do something that God has encouraged us to do. I want to encourage you today. You know, maybe some faith, some some heroes of faith today are fathers. Just as it says in the book of Malachi, before the the coming of the Lord, he will send the spirit and and the the power and spirit of, of Elijah, who will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, the hearts of the children back to their fathers. Happy Father's Day, by the way. Maybe as a father, you're a hero of faith because your heart has been turned in a new way towards your children, and their hearts towards you. God bless you. But I hope that today that you will find inspiration from these three men, unlikely heroes of our faith. Samson did not allow failure to rob him of a holy determination to fulfill all of God's purposes. Barak cared more about the honor of God than his own reputation and he had the humility to recognize the giftings that were in others. And let's find inspiration from Jephthah who forgave and helped those who hurt him the most. Amen. God bless you. And let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much today for your goodness, and I thank you for each one of my beautiful brothers and sisters who are here uh, today or online, or those who will hear this message. Lord, you are the great Father, and Lord, you do put your Father's heart, you desire in each one of us. And I pray, Lord, for for my my brothers and sisters, Lord Jesus, that they will know the power of your Spirit to, to be Heroes of the faith, I pray for those who have felt hurts, those who had been cast out, those who have known rejection, Lord, those who have struggled with this. I pray, Lord God, that you would help them today to open their hands and release, to open their hearts and release, to release this and find a new freedom and joy and liberty and victory and strength in you by the Spirit of the living God. Lord, I pray for those who perhaps had some kind of failure, different than Samson's, perhaps the same as Samson's. But Lord, that there will be no one who will live under condemnation because of failure, but these would be men and women who, as it says in your word, though I fall, yet I will rise again. And that they will see and know your loving hand lifting them up and they will have the faith to believe Lord, not only your forgiveness, but your great restoration, and that you could use their lives for your glory. And I pray also, Lord, for those like Barak, those who you've speak to, and they know, they know something you've asked them to do, and they've been hesitant to do it, because what will people think? What will they think? I just pray for that courage, that faith to be in each one, that they will recognize that the glory of God is greater than anything else, and that victory for the people of God is what really matters. Bless each one, I pray, by the spirit of the living God. Let there be encouragement, strength, joy, and great satisfaction in each one as they follow you with all of their heart, their soul, their mind, and their strength. And we thank you today for your great love. And this, my Lord, is my prayer to you.